0: Good morning everyone. Uh, I'm still Mary and I'm going to still use my prayer uh, to try and get myself out of my way or the prayer that was given to me. God, move my pride and ego aside. Align my will with yours. Speak through me. Give me the words to say. Crack my mouth and everybody else's ears. Um, so uh, after talking to Chad, I think we're going to do we are going to do 45 minutes, and then we're going to take a break, and then uh, we're going to do I'm going to do some more afterwards because my job today is to talk about four and five. Um, after Chad got up and talked, I thought you know he did some smart things <laughs> that I should replicate. Um, so I am going to go ahead and read my information off the board. I'm still Mary generally, when I'm being recorded or I'm online and I'm not sure who's where or where the information' is going. I just say I'm Mary from Missouri. Um yeah, I know there's there's a lot of Mary's in Missouri, but that's who I am. And then um, my phone number, uh, which I give out my phone number freely, I write it on the boards at psych wards. I you know I it's if you find my number on a bathroom, don't even worry about it, right? Because uh, the big book says that I where the boundary where I'm Careful where I'm cautious is my home, right, but my cell phone. It's fine. If anything Happens I can I can block someone. I'm fine and I will tell you uh, If I don't go insane and do anything insane in March, I will have been doing this for 13 years and um, I've, I've never had a problem doing it this way, right? I've, and I just I put I just flap my information right up for anyone to see right so here it is Mary 314 Texting me is the fastest way to get a hold of me. If I say anything, you want a picture of anything, anything you want, text me, right? And then here's my email address. It's just meworks at gmail.com. M-E-W-O-R-K-S at gmail.com. So that takes care of things. Also, um, Chad and I talked about this. We prayed about this in we decided we weren't really going to tell our stories because it's not about us, right? We're trying to focus on, uh, the big book. Um, so I just realized when I was, uh, in, in an effort to not talk to so much about me and to talk more about the big book, um, I didn't give you guys some pertinent information. Uh, of course I have a home group, right? <laughs> you know? And so, um, it's, it's similar to Chad's in that uh, we're studying the Big Book, and we, uh, we have a line-by-line study. Um, we have something we call the guided tour of the Big Book, where one person just read through a chapter just like they would with a protege. Um, we, have, uh, we actually try to do once a month, we try to do a group meditation using the principles in the, in the program. Um, we have a, a lot of different meetings. We're much, much smaller. Um, And we are the type of group that uh, we will get out our 1930s dictionary in order to look up to see what brainstorm actually means, right? Uh, But um, it's also a place where crosstalk is okay because we're not talking about our feelings and we're not talking about our childhood trauma. It's going to be something like, hey, um... Uh, what does this word mean? Does anyone have their dictionary handy? (laughs) And another person is going to pull it out and they're going to read the the definition. Or if someone says something and the other person will say, I'm sorry, uh, the dog was barking. I didn't hear that. Can you say it again? Or they'll say, I'm sorry. uh, I don't don't understand what you just said. Could you try to say it in a different way? Uh, Again, we've been doing this for a decade now and it's always been just fine. Also, um, it's a, it's. I will tell you quite honestly, you're not going to feel like you're walking into a big book workshop when you come in. But what it is, it's, it's a very, very safe place to come in and ask questions when you don't understand. And it's also, if you're nervous, you're like, I don't sound like a big book thumper. I'm going to say something that doesn't reconcile with the big book, or I'm not going to jive with this format, and it's okay. Um, I've heard stories about people getting mean notes from chairs and and all of that. Um, We we had a group conscience early on, and we just decided we've always been online, even before COVID. We can't chase people if they run out to the parking lot, right? (laughs) So nobody's ever going to say, you said that wrong. No one's ever going to tell you to shut up. Not that Chad's group would do that. I'm just saying it's got a very, very safe place. If someone says something that's off topic or they don't seem to understand the format, Nobody gets corrected. We just all keep trying to go back to the format that our group conscious had, and we lead by example, right? And so, um, again, uh, I said something the other day, yesterday about the markers, and then someone said, we're going to get you new markers, and I thought, that sounds like I'm being critical of the markers. I was just making fun of myself for pointing at a blank a blank wall. And so again, you know, I'm not being critical of any other group. Um, I'm just trying to speak to if you're interested in a big book study, what my group has to offer. We all have our role in AA. We don't want every group to be exactly the same. You know, we're, We all got our job to do, and so if you're interested, um, pardon me, just, just send me a text and I'll send you the link. We actually even have an, an automated thing where you can just get reminders every, every week of when the meetings are. You just press the link and boom, you're on Zoom, and you're there. So with that, business stuff out of the way. We're gonna talk about steps four and five. I was always taught, uh, before, you know, before we get started, I know there's at least one person here this morning that wasn't here last night. We're going to do a quick review of steps one, two, and three. I got, my, uh, I got my board here now, right? So basically, problem in step one is I'm powerless over alcohol and my life is unmanageable. I thought for years my life was unmanageable because of all of the consequences of my drinking, right? Um, that certainly made for a chaotic life. But when I really uh, met with some people and they went through this book with me, I realized my life was unmanageable way before the consequences of my drinking started to catch up with me. Um, so basically, I have this body that's abnormal. You put alcohol in it, it kicks off this allergy, which is just an abnormal reaction, right? Usually adverse, that sets off a craving, which means I just I just want to drink. I just I just want to drink, and I'm just going to keep drinking, right? Um, and that that is a loss of control over how much I drink, and then I wind up drunk. Really annoying thing about this is that it doesn't happen absolutely every single time that I put alcohol in my body, but when I put alcohol in my body, I don't know if it's going to be, uh, um, you know, we just have two and we're cool, or if it's we're going to, you know, black out and pass out and possibly have to go to the ER to get your stomach pumped. I, I don't know. I'm gambling, right? And. It is one of the reasons that I'm powerless over alcohol. Chad said, you know, um, the combination of the allergy and the obsession lead to powerlessness, and I 100% agree. Um, but when this was explained to me that this enough, this alone leads to powerlessness, that really my brain l- uh, latched onto that, and so I try to just always the simplest terms possible. But he's absolutely right. The obsession is another example of why I'm powerless, but. This was easy for me to remember, right? I got a body that just does not process alcohol correctly. I've had several people tell me oh, about ninety percent of the world does this just fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but it's about ten percent of us. I don't have any scientific data to pass up, pack that up, you know. I just this is what I was told. So it's a small a small portion of the planet. I'm in it, and I just I can't I can't drink safely. but that's it. Okay, so I'm powerless over alcohol because of that. My life is unmanageable, and I will say, as I go through the steps, my understanding of unmanageability grew, right? But for right now, if we're just looking at step one, my life is unmanageable because of my mind. I can't trust my mind. I have this mind that has an obsession, right? We talked about last night, I make a decision to stop. I mean it, you give me a lie detector test, I'm absolutely gonna pass. Um, And I always drink again. And um, there's a there's a thing in, in society that people always told me. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Uh, there is another type of insanity in the big book, and it's called plain insanity. And it's just the inability to think straight, right? So I told you about the guy who ate the two sandwiches and drank a whole bunch of milk. And he's like, I'll be – I think I put the whiskey in the milk, right? Had some milk, put whiskey in the milk. He's like, I'll be good, right? And so someone – And Normie was like, well, see, that's insane. He's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I was like, are you not paying attention? He had two sandwiches, not just one, and he put it in the milk. That's not the same thing. He tried something different, right? He's just plain, it's like plain insanity, just an inability to think straight. And that's what I have. And really what that boils down to is I have a loss of choice. I don't have a choice whether I drink or not. I think I'm just changing my mind, but it's the disease. The disease is changing my mind. And because of that, my life is unmanageable. We're going to talk about this. It's going to get bigger. But that alone just makes my life unmanageable because I cannot manage my mind. I cannot just not do it, right? So we'll talk about step three. I really, really enjoyed um, Chad's uh, talk on step three from praying. It was different than what I normally hear, but I would say it was 100% correct. And I literally, as he was doing it, text messaged one of my protégés, and I said, they are recording this, and you are going to listen to step three, because you need to hear this. Right? So it was, it was absolutely, it was good, and it was right on. Um, and the wonderful thing about this book is there is a variety of good and right on things that can be said, um, and so that's why I love I love coming and doing this. I love this. I walk out of here and I feel like I'm high, right? The first time I did this and I felt so good, I'm not kidding, I called my sponsor to make sure everything was okay because I just didn't think we were allowed to be this happy <laughs> ever again. And when I, it was kind of like what Bill Wilson, you know, yeah. called Dr. Silkworth to make sure he was still sane. you know, it's like, is everything okay? Um, And I think what I love just as much is just hearing someone else say something else that is also true in a fresh, new way. Um, And I absolutely agree. The best thing we can do is listen to each other, absorb it, pray, go out and tell other people. Like, anything you hear here, go and say it. And if you think of something that I could have said a little bit differently or you heard a little bit differently, you know, come up and talk to me after the meeting because this exchange of energy... Um, it's, it's the new happy hour. And I, I absolutely love it. Um, and I encourage all of you, like, go do it. <laughs> do it for yourself. Okay. So step three, what I was taught the first time uh, in the beginning, the very first time, they said, Mary, <clears throat> um, are you going to do what we tell you to? And I said, Yes. And they're like, all right, that's good. Step three, get on your knees. We're going to say the prayer. And uh, I uh, I was like, whoa, we didn't talk about all this other stuff. And I'm like, nobody asked you that. Get on your knees. Say the prayer. And that was step three, right? I'm doing this thing. <clears throat> so we're going to get to the fourth step. And uh, my understanding of step three has grown. But in the beginning, that's just what it was. You know, um, I'm just going to do what my my sponsor tells me to do because I have no idea how to do the rest of this. So I said my prayer on the, on top of, you know, 63, and for me, there's a part in the big book where it says, um, the wording is quite optional, and so I said, I got on my knees, I held hands, I thought this was very strange, um, and I said the prayer because they told me to, but in my head, what I really just said was, God, I don't know if you exist, or if you do this type of thing, but if you do, I'm all in, I'm just, I'm all in, right, so I'm all in, so we're going to the fourth step, and, uh, we're going to erase this beautiful thing here. Um, I have a picture of it. If anyone wants it, I'll just send me a text, and I'll text it to you, right? So i got to do my fourth step here. And we're going to talk a lot about the mechanics. And if I have a role in the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, or really, I'm, I'm members of other fellowships too, Woo. Um, If If I have a role, it's how simple This can be. I have a type of mind that likes to take things and make them very, very complicated um, and waste time. And while I'm doing that, my ego is growing and my ego is actively working on keeping me away from the solution. So if I have a role, it's that this can happen very quickly and it should. Thank you, sir. Um, Because I took you guys back to page 24 and there's a week to a month, right? So I, I try to avoid controversy because argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. And we all know of those people who like came into AA and hung out for seven years or 10 years or whatever and didn't have to do anything and just stayed, you know, sober and miserable, right? I was never one of those people, right? I'm getting drunk. And it talks about women, especially women, this can happen with, right? So we need to get to this. It's, 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 it, is it a marathon and that I do this for the rest of my life? Absolutely. But it's a race. It's 100% a race, okay? My mind is actively trying to get me drunk. So I need to do this as, as soon as I, as I can. I want to get this done. I, when I was given this information, I did my prayer. They said, come back here. It was Tuesday night. They said, come back here Tuesday, and we're going to do your fifth step. Later on, I had this mentor, Cliff Bishop. I'm using his entire name. Uh, because he has graduated he has gone to heaven and I know he would fully understand he would approve and he told me later on I gave one of my protégés um protégé is big book speak for sponsee okay I gave one of my protégés a week to do it and I came back to him and he's like what are you doing a week and I was like well I was given a week he's like no two two days tops Mary that's that's all we're doing two days tops that's how that's how fast I'm talking about doing this right Um, because I want to beat my alcoholic mind. Don't worry, sure, I might miss something. I'm going to be doing 10 for the rest of my life. We'll get it in 10, right? We're looking for the big boulders the first time out. We're just looking for the things, and this is not therapy. Chad was making jokes about it. Um, There are people who will tell you, like, I'm a big book person, so I don't believe in therapy. Um, it's nonsense. Big book talks about it, right? We let the therapists do their job, and then we do our job. right? So don't hesitate to take your health problems to a professional. I'm not saying therapy is a bad thing. I'm saying I'm not qualified to do that. And that's not what we're doing here, right? We're going to let the professionals do that. For now, we're just trying to look at facts. Um, and so I'm going to do some reading here. So how are we doing on time? Okay, actors trying to be a director. There's a wonderful exercise, and I don't think we have time to do it, but I'm going to show some highlights here. It says on a 60, um, it says, being convinced of the ABCs, um, we're at step three, which is we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him. Just what do we mean by that, and just what do we do? Just what do we mean by that is this beautiful analogy um, on 60 to 63 and just what do we do, are pages um, 63 to 164. And it says, the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success, which Chad covered. The resentment inventory and the fear inventory are an elaborate spiritual math exercise. I know some of you don't like math. <laughs> to prove to us, to prove to me that my life is a failure. Right? It would go from head to heart. And so one of the things that I will do, this was done with me, and it's one of the things that I do with other people, is we go through and we read the next page or two before we get started, and we insert my name. So the first requirement is that Mary be convinced that any life run on self-basis can hardly be a success. Um, on that basis, Mary is almost always in collision with some, some thing or somebody, even though her motives are good. Mary tries to live by Mary propulsion. Mary is like an actress who wants to run the whole show. She is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in her own way. If her arrangements would only stay put, if people would only do as she wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including Mary, would be pleased. Um, and so we just, we just keep going down to the bottom of the page. Mary is Mary-centered and Mary-centric. As people like to call it nowadays, married as like as a retired businesswoman who rolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining of the sad state of the nation, the minister who sighs over the sins of the 21st century, politicians and reformers were sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave if Putin would just leave the Ukraine alone. You know, like everything would, I'm just giving an example. Please don't, you know, please don't get mad at me if you're a Putin fan, okay? I'm just saying, like, this is, you know, I'm just trying to give it an example. Um, the outlaw safecracker, we don't have those anymore. The online identity thief who thinks that society has wronged her, and the alcoholic who has lost all. Whatever her protestations, is Mary not, Concerned with herself, her resentments, and her pity. Merriness, Mary-centeredness, that we think is the root of Mary's troubles. Um, driven by a hundred forms of fear, Mary-delusion, Mary-seeking, and Mary-pity, she steps on the toes of their, her fellows, and they retaliate. Um, so uh, we go on to hear, like, above everything, Mary must be rid of this merriness. She must, or it kills her, and God makes that possible. There often seems no way of entirely getting rid of Mary without his aid. Um I wanna, I think I've given enough of the example, and I would um, encourage you all to do it with yourselves. Um, And it's a bit of an oversimplification, right? But it gets the idea of even when I mean well, even when I truly do know best, I'm still the problem, and it's blocking me from God. And really, on that cliched stuff they say about, if you got everything when you first came in that you ever wanted, you'd really be selling yourself short. It's true right? Doesn't matter if I'm right. It literally doesn't matter if I'm quote unquote, right. I love when we're talking about the God's been doing this job for billions of years. I'm here for 45. I'm going to tell him what's the best thing to do. It doesn't matter. well-intentioned. It doesn't matter if I'm trying to see, you know, feed starving orphans. I just, I'm still the problem and I'm getting in the way of God. Right. And so I do the prayer and, uh, I'm on the page bottom of 63 and now I'm gonna slow down and really start looking at the mechanics of this because I'm not trying to repeat what Chad said yesterday. He said it really well. Next, I'm at the bottom of 63. We launched into a course of vigorous action. The only thing I truly know that launches are space shuttles, right? So like a space shuttle, um, this is not a marathon, right? Um, The first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was vital, was a vital and crucial step, and it could have little permanent effect unless at once, Um, and I'm not trying to be preachy, but sometimes it just happens, at once, followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom. We had to get down to causes and conditions. Therefore, we started personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke, right? Um, So we're going to approach this, you, you think about, you know, the an S&P 500 CEO, that's how emotionless we're going to be, right? We're just looking at facts. Like, this isn't about how I feel. You know, this is just what is. Because this is life and death. This is my life, right? And um, I was, uh, I loved what Chad said about, you know, other people are affected. One of the things that didn't come out is like, hey, when I was doing this, I was pregnant. So it was my life. It was my son's life too, right? It literally is life and death because there are people that are dependent on me. Um, so, taking a commercial inventory is a fact-facing and a, fact, a fact-finding and a fact-facing pro- process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out our flaws and our makeup, which caused our failure. Being convinced that Mary, being convinced that self, I could pick on Rachel. Being convinced that Rachel <laughs> manifested in various ways, which had defeated Mary, which had defeated Rachel, we considered its common manifestations. Resentment is the number one offender; it destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stems all forms of spiritual disease. That's that's why these steps work for so many other fellowships. Um, <clears throat> for we not only been mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. Um, when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. So I'm going to see if I can do this on this whiteboard to set them on paper, and then I'm going to show you on a paper one of the tricks that a guy named Peter uh, Peter M taught me. He's uh, across the pond. He's English. He actually lives in France. If you Google it, you find he, he leads big book studies. He's uh, should absolutely make the short list if you guys are ever, <laughs> when you guys do this again. He's a, a really good practitioner of the program. So um, from it's, so, da, 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 we listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we're angry. So we've got people. We all know what people are. Institutions are like the federal government and the IRS, the Catholic Church. Those are institutions and principles. Principles are just rules, laws, you know, something I don't like, right? We look over here, and in the example on page 65, it has Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, my employer, and my wife. We don't exactly talk about this anymore. Uh, one of my little brother types said that nowadays, you know how there's a thing where someone will say, you're a Karen, apparently, and I'm sorry, Chad. They literally told me this. You're a Chad, right? So I'm going to use that because you're going to remember. You're going to remember, right? And so we got our Chad. I'm mad Chad. I don't know what he did. We'll make something up. And then we got our Karen. I'll tell you, one of my protégés, uh, working with others, you learn. it. it just say yes, because it always works out well for you. I don't know if they get anything, but you're going to work out well. I had a, I have a protege named Karen. She didn't know about this. She's real close with my son, and my son explained it to her. And she's like, well, I'm just going to have to change my name. And I was like, what? That's insane. No, this is nuts. You're not changing your name. She's like, no, I am. I'm, I'm not dealing with this. And she's like, I'm Ren," And that's just years now. She just introduced herself as Ren. That's accepting life on life's terms. I hope I could really hope when I grow up I'm like her (laughs) I'm not sure I'm willing to change my name but that's how she is you know we have Chad we have Karen we have um my wife so I'm just gonna say my boyfriend because I've never had a wife um and then uh you know my my boss right and it's four per page is good and it's just that that simple and what I was taught is we go through and we do all of one column first right because I'm not trying to relive this I'm just trying to get it done. So I just go through page and page and page, and I just I just fill out, you know, how many names. And sometimes it's like you got ten names. We're good. Other times it's like we got 200 names. <laughs> and we're good, you know, but just get all the names up, go take a bathroom break, get some water, whatever. splash some water on your face, and we'll come back. Now we're going to look at why. I want to look at these examples here. So we're bad at Mr. Chad Brown, right? His attention to my wife, told my wife of my mistress, found me at my job at the office. Now, I think I said Cliff Bishop's name, yeah. Oh, man, he was a wonderful guy. He would come up and he would say, anybody told you they loved you today? And if you said yes, he'd say, who? And if you said no, he'd say, well, I sure do. He would do this to complete strangers on the street. He was in his 90s, so he could get away with that. But he was just a wonderful guy. And so he told me that he was 13 years old when this book was written. And back in the day, if you said this person is giving attention to my wife, that meant they were having an affair. I always thought they were flirting. You know, I was like, oh, wow. Well that's a horse of a different color. Right? (laughs) You know? So, you know, Brad is sleeping with his or Chad is sleeping with his wife, told my wife of his mistress. Makes sense right that's how you talk someone into having an affair <laughs> so and uh brown might get you that job at the office this is the coworker from hell that's all i can say right so clearly we have a movie here we could write a whole big screenplay about all the stuff that this dude's doing but it's down to three sentences right because it's just the facts and ultimately i'm taking inventory of something i'm throwing out and it doesn't matter i had a i had a friend one time that another friend said hey it's okay that you're mad at God that your husband died. You can hold on to that. I'm like, no, it's not. It's life and death. Do I think this is justified? Absolutely, I think it's justified, but we don't get a pass for justified resentments. Unfortunately, I, I wish I had some way that I could fill out a waiver and just let people have a pass on things, but I can't, right? So it, the details don't matter. It's just the details, you know, Chad, Chad. What is he, he's like, you know, he's stealing, stealing uh, my wife, stealing my job, right, <laughs> like that's all it is, Um, and that's, uh, the details don't matter, that's the bottom line, that's the facts, right, we're looking at uh, Mrs. Jones, she's a nut, she snubbed me, she committed her husband for drinking, he's my friend, she's a gossip, so uh, the way that Cliff used to explain this to me, is like, look. Mrs. Jones is the wife of his drinking buddy. She sent the drinking buddy off to treatment, and now he's talking about all the trouble he got into with the drinking buddy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I would hate that too. Did you have anyone that you ran around with that you had fun and their significant other was a pain in the ass? No, just me, okay. (laughs) So, um, you know, she's a pain, she's a gossip, You know, and you know, getting in the way of the relationship. You know, you know, and meddlesome. She's meddling. Um, I'm literally just writing this down in bullet points because I'm trying to save time, and you've got the book in front of you. But that's what she is. She's a pain. Right. And my employer. Oh, my God. Do you ever have those employees that are always like they're so concerned about unimportant things, but you're running the whole place. You're they're so lucky that you're there. Right. So unreasonable, unjust, overbearing micromanager. These days we say you're a micromanager. Right. Threatens to fire me for drinking and padding my expense account. Right? And like nowadays, people don't really talk about expense accounts. Most of my friends didn't have, they weren't up high enough on the food chain that they would get an expense account. <laughs> but it's like things like, you know, threatens to fire me for coming in late and leaving early. Always on me about being on my phone and being on the internet when I'm supposed to be doing my job. Right? Um, they don't even understand. I, I'm so much more productive than everybody else. Right? I don't, this is nuts. Like those three people aren't on the phone, but I'm getting 10 tasks done to every two that they do. This is nuts. Why are they focused on things that aren't important, right? That kind of stuff. Some of you are giving me looks like I've never thought that way. Maybe I'm in the wrong crowd. Okay, um, so I did this out of order. So my boss, I'm just going to say micromanager. Uh, That's it. And then my boyfriend. Oh, gosh. Let's see. What did the example do? My wife misunderstands. Of course they misunderstand And they nag, of course they nag. Oh, God, always complaining. Likes Brown, seems to be enjoying the retaliatory affair that she's having. Um, And once the house put in her name, I heard a Joe and Charlie CD once where he's like, it's about time to get upset. Yeah, you know, like, this is not a good sign. This is a person who's thinking about leaving. And so my boyfriend, you know, it's like, uh, well, obviously he's a cheater, right? And also he's uh, stealing my money because he's trying to take my house. Um, and then uh, what else is there oh he's such a nag nowadays my friends use stronger language but like I said this is going to be recorded so we'll use less language right so that's what I got right these people are no fun at all they're trying to take things away from me they're talking about me they're all up in my business right they're, they're focused on low value tasks these people are a pain So we're going to look at this, and and I just do this for each sheet. I just do it for each sheet, and I usually just try to keep it to four per sheet, right? And then we got to look at what part of self is being affected. I had a protege one time. She's like, this third column must be really important because they tell us about it like three times in rapid succession. (laughs) They really want to make sure we get this, right? So we're looking over here. It's like In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, um, In the Midwest, no one talks about pocketbooks. Um, We we just say money. Our money, our ambitions, that's anything I'm trying to get done. Our personal relationships, including sex. You know, for years I read this and I was like, why do they keep calling out sex? Why do they keep calling out sex? And then it occurred to me, some of us need to be told if you're having sex with someone, you're in a relationship with them. (laughs) Even if it's open, even if it's casual, (laughs) it's a relationship. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. All right. So um, we're hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We are burned up. Right on our grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. We did that. Was it our self-esteem? Okay, that's review. How we feel about me is apparently very important. Our security. Okay, that's more than money. That's just what makes me feel. You know, that I've, takes me makes me not fearful. Our ambitions. That's anything I'm trying to get accomplished. Um, our personal or sex relations. Okay, we know about that. And then for some reason they throw in pride. Right, which I, I looked it up basically pride is like super self-esteem. It's like, Hey, do you know who I am? <laughs> you know, I am Mary. <laughs> it, it loses something for me. I don't say my name, but I am Mary, you know, um, that that's who I am. And so we're just going to go through and we're just going to look at this and just see what's going on. Right. So he's trying to take my wife, right. Well, um, I'm going to get less sex If she leaves, most likely, generally people quit having sex with you. Not always, but generally, I get less sex if that happens. Um, Stealing my job, okay, well that's going to be my pocketbook. That's going to be some money. Um, We're going to look at here and uh, you know uh, also you know told my wife of my mistress. Well, that's going to come up my sex again because either I'm going to have to quit having sex with my mistress or I'm going to quit having sex with my wife, right? And then uh, the uh, to problem I get my job at the office, well, that's that's my money, that's my self-esteem, that's my security, right? So we're just going to, basically, we're just, this is going to just be everything, right? So I'm just going to put an E here for everything, because we're trying to save time. Then we're going to talk about Karen, right? Um, Karen, well, she's gossiping about me, Right. So that is going to um, that is going to what I'm looking here. That's going to cost of my personal relationships. Right. Because, well, first of all, she sent my friend away so I can't drink and party with him anymore. So that's getting in the way of that relationship. And she's gossiping about me. So it's going to get in the way of those relationships. Right. Um, and then also, uh, I just feel bad about myself. Some of the things that she's saying and it's embarrassing. So that's going to be my self-esteem as well. And I just throw it in there. Uh, then my boyfriend. Okay, well, he's cheating, and he's clearly thinking about leaving. So that's going to get in the way of my uh, sexual relationships. And you know, my boyfriend's not just about sex, <laughs> right? So it's also my personal relationships. I'm I'm going to have less emotional support if he's gone. Um, that's going to be horribly embarrassing if everybody knows that my boyfriend left, right? So that's going to be my pride. And that's going to be myself. I would throw self-esteem in there, and I don't know about you guys, but in my, you know, having a significant other, when you, it, things usually get a little bit cheaper, right? They they help out with bills, so if they're going, they're probably going to take their money with them too, right? So that's just the facts. It gets into my money, especially if we own a house and they're trying to get it together. Uh, they're trying to save it from my boss. It's going to be the same thing. He's a micromanager, he's threatening to fire me, he's getting on to me about my expenses, that's coming at me with my money. Um, pardon me, uh, it also, my, how I feel about myself is really wrapped up in my job, right? And so that's gonna get into my self-esteem, and I would also say this is gonna get into my ambitions, because I wanna have a career. And so I'm okay with uh, adding things in, that build did add in in his example, because I could tell you how this would make me feel, I agree with all of, the, all of the examples that he gave. I'm, I'm a little bit rushing, and I will say in my uh, like sobriety family, we always laugh, we're always like, oh yeah, the third column, the easy one. It's, it, for some reason, it just, our brains kinda, we can chase our tails, right? Um, I would tell you, it, don't waste too much time on it. What you see is what you see. I would say if it's more than 30, 60 seconds, person just move on because we're going to go in the fifth step and your sponsor is going to help you see it's just what you do see if you're not sure it's fine just let it go because again um, your mind is actively trying to keep you (laughs) out there right so just put down what you see and if you don't see it and it's there your sponsor will help you see that in five so I'm going to go back to reading We went back through our lives. Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. When we were finished, we considered it carefully. The first thing apparent was that the world and its people were often quite wrong, right? I think sometimes we're so convinced, we're so, we just, we know we can't afford to be angry, and so we just steamroll the newcomer. We just steamroll the protege, and we don't have the time, we don't stop to say, hey, you're right, you're right. What they did was wrong. It's, it's wrong. You were wronged. And I'll go so far as to even tell people, if no one's apologized to you for this, please let me do that. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> to conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse. I've honestly never had anyone that didn't have themselves on an inventory. We're all mad at ourselves, right? Mary makes absolutely every single inventory I have ever done. Um, And then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. Okay, here's where we'll learn about the normal people. It's plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness, which means it's a waste of time and I'm unhappy. To the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile. So it's just a tremendous waste of time for just people, humans, not even alcoholics, right? Um, but with the alcoholic whose hope is in the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, the business of resentment is infinitely great, infinitely fatal. I don't know, you only can die one time, but they wanted to make sure we understood. This is deadly, right, for us. They'll just be unhappy and waste all their time. We're going to die. I used to think people were being so melodramatic when they would say that, and they, we're going to die, but they're not. That's, that's just how it is. Um, we found that it's fatal for when harboring such f- feelings, what's when you like, um, you know, if you think of ships in a harbor, they're safe, you know, you're keeping it safe and protected. When you're, when you're harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of spirit, the insanity of alcohol returns, and we drink again. And with us, to drink is to die. If we were to be free, we had to, if we were to live, we have to be free of anger. You hear people, relationship experts, they'd be like, you can be red or you can be happy. And I'm like, listen. You can be angry and dead or, you know, forgiving and alive. It's up to you. What do you want? You can be angry or angry and dead or free and alive. That's what you got. The grouch and the brainstorm. I'm going to spill the beans, all right? Brainstorm is not a thinking exercise in which you write out all your options and choose the best one. That's today, but not back then. Back then, it was a flash of red-hot anger. It's a temper tantrum. I can't be grouchy or throw temper tantrums anymore, which is such a shame because I'm really, really good at it, right? <laughs> I can throw the best fits, and I can be passive-aggressive with the best of them, right? It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Right, I can do it, and I and I gotta give it up. But oh, it was an art form. I was really good at it. So anyway, um, they're not for us. They may be the dubious luxury, so the doubtful luxury, of normal men. But for alcoholics, these things are poison. Okay, here's 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 the one every this it comes out every time. It's gonna be in the ask a basket, so I'm just gonna say it now. What about people who were molested? What about people who were sexually assaulted? right? What about the people who were raped? And I'm just going to say right up now, um, those things haven't happened to me. Um, It was actually pretty rampant in my family. I I don't know. It was just dumb luck. It didn't happen to me. And at first I was like, how am I going to do this? I don't have this experience. We're going into this really intimate step with these protégés and I got to somehow explain to them that this is not something that they can hold on to and keep going. And I'm not going to be able to say that I did this. Right? I'm not going to say that this is something that I had to give God permission to take care of. And so again, we talked about it before with my friend whose who's husband died. I just I say, yes, that happened to you, and I'm very sorry that that happened to you, and it was wrong. And this is what I tell them. I tell them, my, this is Mary Works' opinion. You have a right to be pissed off for the rest of your life. You absolutely have a right to be angry. You should have been protected, and you weren't. And I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. This was awful. Right? And so there's no part of me that is saying what they did was okay or that you did anything to deserve this, right? What I say is unfortunately, we don't get a pass. So you have some thinking to do and you have to ask yourself what you want more. Do you want to maintain this right to be angry or do you want to go through this and give God permission to take this anger? and to let you get give God permission to change you to where you have compassion and pity for this person and to free you of the resentment. And you can move forward, and you can be sober, and you can be happy, and you can be thriving, but you will be free of this resentment. You won't be able to stay angry at them. And you tell me what you want to do. Because this always works out well for me. For me just trying to help you, I get a spiritual payoff from God. So I'm not going to be mad. You don't owe me anything. But this is on you. And so far, knock on wood, every single one of them has said, yeah, I want to move forward. I want, you know, I agree I should be able to hold on to this. But I want to be sober more. I want to be happy." more. Right? And so that's, that's what I do. I will also tell you, I have had people who come to me and they're not the victim. They're the perpetrator. Right? And when they come and they tell me, what I tell them is, is if you do what the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says, you have just as good a chance as anybody else of getting sober. Right? There's no judgment. There's no telling details about anything. They're just, no matter what it is, it's just the facts. This can still work, right? OK. <laughs> All right, so we're here. We've got this decision. If we were to live, we had to free of, free of anger, because alcohol is poison. So we turn back to the list, for it held the key to the future. We're prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. So this is what Peter M. does. And it helps me tremendously. Um, he just takes, he's got his piece of paper, and he showed this to me, and it's just something in my brain that just clicked. It's not in the big book, but I can reconcile it with the big book. I've got all my, hold on over. I'm over here. Say this is the picture, right? It's just a landscape. I've got my three columns right here. Oh, Are you paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> I've got my three columns. I've got it right here. i got my columns of what everyone's doing. Now it's time to look at it from a different, different angle. It tells me I'm going to put out of my mind what they did. I'm just going to take it, and I'm going to fold it over. So that I'm no longer thinking about what they did to me and how it affected me. And now we're just going to look at Mary. And, um... Praying. Yeah. We're going to take a break. <laughs> 15 minutes. We'll be back. Thanks.